Welcome back to Sew Organised Style Podcast, produced by me, Maria Theoharis Orvello Sews, and Anne Wally, the Pattern Whisperer. Sew Organised Style Podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognises the continuing connection to lands, waters, and community. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. A big sponsor shout out goes to our two podcast friends and sponsors. The Australian Sewing Guild, who has been our Monday Daily Series regular, is now a sponsor of Sew Organised Style Podcast. Go to ozsew.org to check out the online workshops, sew-alongs, skills library and more. Our second sponsor is Tatiana's School of Couture as she launches it online. Go to her website to see her new online sewing classes and patterns. Today we continue on with part two of Mel of Norbro's Coutures. Stay listening. So Mel, you used to be in Queensland, staying, yes. was it in Brisbane where you were living? It was living just, just south of Brisbane, but yeah, oh. in that, that area, yeah. And now you're down in Melbourne, so you're a lot closer to us. What's happening with the move? How did you decide to come down to where it's all happening? It was basically my husband's work. So he got a promotion with the company he's with and he'd been offering it a couple of times and we'd always knocked it back because, you know, moving from Queensland to Melbourne, very big decision. We don't have close family down here. But we got to the stage where we sort of said, you know what, probably if we're going to do it, we should do it now. I had so many clients booked for that year. That was This was last year. Mm. So actually this time last year is when we made the decision. So it's been a year since we made the decision to move to Melbourne. And I said, well, you're going to have to go down first and we'll have to store half the house and then the studio will have to stay because I've got clients. I flew back and forth for about eight months between Brisbane and Melbourne. So we could find a place in Melbourne, but I could still see clients and finish their work. So yeah. That was a very big year last year, going back and forth. So now you're completely here in yeah. Melbourne and mm-hmm. everyone up in Queensland crying their eyes out because now they haven't got you. I mean, what's going on up there? Are they sad? <laughs> I hope they're sad. I mean, I still go up from time to time and see clients up there. I have a couple of really good, loyal clients who want me to keep creating for them. So I still have them that I go up from time to time. kind of hard now that yeah. we're dealing with this situation. But, yeah, I'd still like to make myself available to those who want me to make something for them. So you make creations other than wedding gowns. What kind Absolutely. of creations do you do? M- Mothers of the Bride, very, very big. Last mm. year. I did more Mothers of the Bride than I did Wedding Gown, which was wonderful. Because I think the mums kind of get a little bit forgotten in the process Mm. and then they leave it to the last minute and then, you know, I can't find anything in the shop that fits or suits or the colours aren't right. Because retail, you're kind of stuck with what's in season or what, you know, they have available and not all the time they have what's going to suit the person so I like to be able to offer it for mothers of the bride too for a lot of formal girls you know like to have something different they don't want to have what everyone else is having so I do that anything special occasion so now that we've done the beautiful jacket classic French jacket with Susan yes yes. um, I'm 
thinking maybe I might be able to add that to the repertoire and offer yeah. that as something for people who want that style of jacket or you know something special made I'm actually the other end from our class I'm actually making a few beautiful blouses for her for work which is really great wow so Mel with your skill set and the fact that you've done the classic French jacket class with Susan you'd be assuming to be able to do that for your clients yeah that's what that's what I'm hoping that people are actually going to want that as as an offering yeah been wanting to learn how to do that for so long ever since she started the club been waiting for her every time she's come to Australia I've had something else on and this year it was a go so I went I'm doing it and I'm going to get everything I can out of it so you do a lot of personal development for your business Mm -hmm. and always keeping your skills up and learning new things which I just think is just oh isn't that heartbreaking that you've got to do that it's awful (laughs) so tell us all the different courses that you've done so I've been sewing since I was seven. My mum taught me and I chose to do it all throughout high school, which means I did it for my end of year exams as well. And I was the only one in school who did it. So I had to do it by correspondence because oh. there was no teacher to teach me. So I did that through correspondence. And then I decided to go to TAFE after that. And I did two courses at TAFE. One was apparel manufacturing. That was really good because it taught you how to work in a factory scenario where you have to turn out all these different garments in very rapid sequence but you got to learn how to set up a production line you got to learn you know how to pattern make a bodice a skirt all those sort of things and then the next year I actually did theatre costume which was my favourite course because we learnt corsetry and millinery and period costumes. So a lot of my techniques came from doing those two courses, pattern making, tailoring. We did tailoring as well. So that was really good in learning that. And I think it's really important, especially as a creative person, not to go, I've done that, I know everything. You don't, you never know everything. You really, you can't. So I like to teach myself little things, you know, beading, the right way to bead something. I'm actually really, really wanting to do the tambour beading with the needle. So I think that might be fascinating. I'm currently doing pattern making classes just to re-up my technique. So the beautiful guys at pattern making class in Footscray, they do great courses. So I've done a jacket course with them just to sort of refresh my techniques a little bit. And obviously couture techniques is really where my passion is. So getting to do those two classes with Susan when she came to Australia was just fabulous. So tell us about what you made in Susan's classes because they're on Instagram, the pictures. So they are. So the first class we did was the classic French jacket. I've got beautiful navy red and white striped boucle from Stitches to Style in Melbourne. They have so many beautiful fabrics. And the trim I actually got from Susan, and it's a clump of Chanel trim, which I'm really, really, really lucky that she actually brought that one along. The second class was the couture class, and I actually created my 40th birthday dress, and that fabric was a beautiful Italian Mercado, and I got that from Selective Fun Fabrics in Queensland. I can't believe you're 40, seriously. I know. (laughs) 40 or 10, whichever way you want to look at it. I'm a leap year baby, so. The other thing is, uh, I find that if, I mean, I don't know, it's a little theory I have, but if you're Mm -hmm. happy doing 
the job you're doing, you're smiling more and your heart's definitely feeling warm and fulfilled, even though we still have our roller coaster ride with sewing. I just think that at the end of the day, if you're doing what you love and you love what you're doing, maybe that's what the secret of your youth looking is. Because <laughs> honestly, I'd look at you and think maybe 22, maybe 23. <laughs> oh, thanks. I'll take that. <laughs> that's amazing. But you're so happy and calm and easy to work alongside. I mean, I know because I worked in a very, you know, amazing class with you and never once did I hear you go, oh my goodness. It wasn't stressful. And there was this, I've experienced you putting that lovely calmness. And I was a little bit nervous about doing the classic French jacket because you never know who you're working alongside and it, yeah. it can be a bit intimidating. But I have to say that after four days of being saturated in slow sewing and couture methods and Susan's way of teaching, we had a fantastic time and I got to know you on such a, a deeper level that I, I'm really thankful for that and the other girls too that were in the class and that's how you get to know people on a really deep level. You sew with them, you learn with them and you experience the highs and the lows of adjusting and, yeah. and it's almost like I feel that's what you feel in your bridal and your couture business. You're going alongside with people along their journey of watching their dream come true and it's amazing it's really the most amazing scenario that I don't think a lot of people experience these days because they're buying ready to wear or they're making clothes and realizing that they're not working for them and just moving them off to the thrift shop mm -hmm. so it's that whole process of learning how to make things fit making it work and feeling great in your clothes. And I think you're a bit of a doorway for people to have that discovery and that feeling, which there's nothing like that feeling. Do you think that's something that could be a bit of an antidote to the stresses of life? There's nothing really other that I really wanted to do. This was always something that was going to be a part of my future, even yeah. from, from little. And I think especially working in that class with all those other beautiful women who were just as invested as I was, was a very, very beautiful experience and something that I will look for going forward, especially doing more classes with other people. You know, you want that connectedness. Yeah. And I think that everyone's, you know, we're all absolutely intrigued by learning what we don't know that I think brings us all together. And I think it just goes the personality of the person when you're sewing with them can, you know, make an experience really great or make or break your experience. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's great. So what's the next course that you're thinking about, Mel? I'm actually going to do another course with the pattern making class and this is going to be evening wear. And then, as I said, I'm probably going to start looking at, you know, maybe some more couture techniques that I don't know. That's really where my passion lies. Watching the little videos on YouTube of the Chanel ateliers and the Dior ateliers and all those beautiful techniques that they use, the hand beading, creating little ornaments and things, I think that's really special. And my avenue might go that way next time for a class. That would be great. 
So how are you managing during this um, isolation period with your business? What's going on with it? Well, I'm, I'm still working. I'm really lucky I've got my studio at my house, so I'm able to work. I am able to see clients, but we're sort of limiting that at the moment. Now that Corona is in full swing, we don't want to risk anyone. So I'm actually set up that we can do virtual appointments, especially initial appointments through Zoom, FaceTime, Skype. So that's an avenue that I've added in now that, you know, I can still keep connected with my clients in that way. But for the current clients, it's kind of like a wait and see scenario. They're in Queensland. I can't actually get up there at the moment. There's no flights. So we're lucky they've pushed their events back to later in the year. So we have a bit more time to work on, you know, the gowns. But yeah, it's just keeping busy so those little projects that I've kind of like oh I really should make that design that sort of you know where the time's going now developing new designs brilliant I think that sounds fantastic I think it's amazing something looks like it's really impossible and once you get up to your neck in it you start seeing the puzzle from a different angle and you can work through it and you go well you're right go for a walk around the block because we have to do that anyway let it sit for a while there is always some way you can change something or alter it. And I always tend to think I make something that's huge, like a bigger thing. And that way, if I don't like the hugeness of it, I can make a top out of it after all. So all is not lost if mm -hmm. I have enough fabric. Use up as much as I can and then cut it down to something that's more usable if it just doesn't have the vibe that I want. What do they do with their wedding gowns? Well, there's a couple of different things that they do. A lot of the girls will keep them for a little while. It used to be a long time ago that, you know, the christening dress of the first baby was then made out of the wedding dress. I have done that for a couple of people out of their mum's wedding dress. You know, the christening gown or suit that's a boy was made out of the mum's wedding dress material. So I have done that for a few clients, but mostly they keep and hold on to them, hoping, you know, their child, their daughter will want to use them, wear them. But you touched on a bit before, you know, trying to reuse something that's not working and I think especially in the wedding industry a lot of girls are going for new new all the time but there's some beautiful vintage designs out there that can be reworked redesigned and those fabrics that are still in very good condition can be used and create something totally new and bespoke for that bride there are different ways of doing it I had a lovely friend who her daughter got married and she got all this vintage lingerie from a thrift store and just dyed it and, and and embellished the lace and I think they were the bridesmaids dresses which was I just thought oh my gosh so gorgeous and so inventive and one of a kind mm -hmm. so each piece that the girl the bridesmaids wore were completely different but dyed the colours that suit the girls. It was really beautiful. There's so many different ways of going about life, isn't there, with mm -hmm. I think vintage wedding gowns, what a great idea. And you'd learn a few techniques while you were there, Mel, to see what they did and how they did it while back in the day. I actually have a little store collection of vintage gowns. I have a beautiful nineteen thirties robe that's beautiful. It's got a lace collar, but there's little metal pieces hand stitched into the collar to make the lace stand up finding those little treasures in amongst you know a handmade gown mm. from 
the 30s is just an amazing experience. There's an, a 1970s gown that I have that has little plastic flowers that's been hand-painted and attached to the front of the dress. It's just I'm sad that those techniques might get lost along the way, you know, as fast fashion takes over the whole world. It's going to mm. keep those pieces, yeah. I wouldn't have you thought always, about it, yeah. I was going to say, are you always on the lookout for these pieces? I have been. I think now I'm in Melbourne, I might have a better shot of finding some really good gems at Queensland, not so much. There's a lot of 90s polyester taffeta. Yeah, no, now I'm in Melbourne. Yeah, on the lookout for just, you know, something special that's unique that you don't really get to see every day. And I draw inspiration from my collection for designs from vintage gowns as well. Little techniques or lines they would have, the types of fabric. Um, I'll draw on some inspiration from the 50s or the 20s, depending on which way I want the collection to go. How many bridal gowns do you think you've made over the years? It's probably not as many as everyone would expect. I'm not always working on making bridal gowns. I did do a lot of alterations when I first started the business. So it's probably about 200 or so, but that's probably going starting from when I started the business in 2006. Have you had a lot of people who have bought the online wedding dress and turned up at the doorstep and asked you to help them? Yes. (laughs) I've had many a girl go, it looked really good in the picture online. And then this turned up, take a breath and go, you can't tell them they have to throw it in the bin because it's terrible. You have to work with it. Yeah. So but I've had, we've made it work. I'd like to tell all my clients, this is something I live by, is like anything is possible. You know, there is a way to make it what you want it to do. So whether it's taking part of the skirt off and add a different fabric to get the the shape they want or adding a different embellishment to make it look more expensive, more ornate, or we'll do that. Did you make your own wedding gown, Maria? I did. Did you, Anne? I... I had a Vogue pattern that I thought I was really... It was quite a severe pattern. It was a Vogue designer pattern. It was in 1985 and it was no frills. It was very fitted and then it came in like a tulip. It was beautiful, done in a satin. That was the one I had it. I had it for years and I was keeping it and that was the dress. And then I went into a designer uh, shop, Adele Chaprode. Second dress I tried on, someone ran in from down a hill and said, that's the dress for you. You better get that right now. And I thought, I think I'll buy this one. So I did. And it was amazing. And then it hit me. I wonder if they did that to everyone who tried it on and they got someone to run down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. <laughs> who knows? That's a, I mean, really, that is such a good idea. Someone comes from outside the world into the shop and says, that is so you. Does that ever happen? I mean, really? yeah <laughs> good marketing so the, boy yeah it is. so mel did have you made a, a very elaborate gown for yourself i made my wedding dress yeah and um, what was that like the fitting on yourself is very hard to do as we've worked out with in our classes but luckily i would my mum would come and visit and we'd have a day sewing and she would fit me and i would then make the tweaks so it was very simple i'm not a frilly over the top sort of a person so it was plain a-line skirt with a beautiful gapua lace bodice and Swarovski crystal detail in the front 
which oh. was really nice. I still have it. And I've also made both my sister's wedding dresses, so numerous oh. family members' dresses. So, yeah, a lot of... Um, I think my younger sister's was the most elaborate. She had a very full skirt with pleats up the side and then hand appliqued lace in through each pleat. Very structured bodice. So hers was probably the most elaborate by the, that time that I'd done. And thankfully you had the skill to be able to do that for her. Yeah. You had all those skills to be able to put that dress together. Yeah. I had a little help from my mum. My mum, you know, she made a lot of our formal dresses when we were younger. So she helped me with the hand sewing, which was good. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of it. It sounds like your mother was... Uh, very much a signpost person for you for your love of sewing you do it with her you still I'm sure you still discuss different things about sewing and what you're doing what Mm -hmm. a great thing to have between a mother and a daughter and a lovely resource to chat about things and nut it out together if that ever came to it what a wonderful thing to have your mum see you do and to take off and continue with what she's done and continue that race which she must be so proud of you yeah it's really nice to have somebody else that's really close to talk to I mean that's something that we're really connected over my other two sisters don't sew so you know that's something that me and my mum share which is really really nice to have and to have her support through you know especially in the times when you go oh that didn't work what am I going to do phone call to mum going mum what should I do and she'll go well you know what to do and just that that other person just to clear your head is really really invaluable thank you so much Mel that's okay my pleasure thanks for having me on guys this episode of so organized style podcast was produced by me Marie Theoharis and Anne Wally the pattern whisperer sound by bensound.com so Organised Style, spelt with an S, not a Z, is available on our website, soorganisedstylepodcast.com, with all the links to this podcast and more. You'll find our podcast when you subscribe on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, CastBox and Libsyn, our podcast platform. Subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.